Howdy, welcome back to the, the Unknown Secrets of Internet Marketing. I am your guest, Matt Bertram. We have another fun-filled episode for you. Now, the last episode, we talked about AI. We talked about uh, prompt engineering. And I'm going to be doing an interview series. So we're going to be doing two podcasts a week, hopefully. Uh, and I'll be lining up just some interesting guests of people in my network. Uh, I have a esteemed guest that I want to introduce you to. But before we get into it, I wanted to read a quick testimonial. We're doing a little bit of reputation management uh, if you like this podcast, you can support it uh, in the show notes. There's a way to support it, uh, as well as uh, reviews are always a fantastic currency that costs you nothing. So uh, if you like the value in this, please support the podcast. Um, so Jessica Koch, uh, I uh, search engine marketing and web design in Houston. I had the pleasure of working with UWR Marketing Agency, and I must say that they've exceeded my expectations in every way. Uh, the value and the results they have produced was impressive and their understanding of digital marketing is unmatched in the Houston area. I like that. Thank you, Jessica. Um, there's more. It's all on Trustpilot. You can go check it out. Uh, let's jump into this podcast. So uh, I want to welcome my esteemed guest here. This is Sam Arms. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? Oh, what is going on, Matt? Now I did a couple things for you, special for you. So if you look behind me there, I actually, you can kind of see it. Um, I have my Ethereum pillow <laughs> and I have my Instagram pillow. So I, I, I switched those out. And also you can see, uh, for those up. of you watching on YouTube, I got, I got my tuxedo on because, uh, we have royalty in the house, <laughs> um, royalty in the house. Now, uh, Sam is, uh, I'm just going to give a little bit more introduction to him because he might not even say it in his own introduction, which I will hand over to you, but something I had to hear from other people, Sam. Okay, we're going to be talking about, ladies and gentlemen, um, business to government marketing. That's something we haven't touched about. I have written a couple podcasts about it, or sorry, uh, blogs about it uh, recently on uh, our EWR blog. So I encourage you to go check out B2G. Okay, so we're going to be talking about B2G and uh, selling in potentially some uh, new technologies into the government, government contracts. Uh, also, Sam uh, knows how to dance on, uh, no, just kidding, on uh, Instagram <laughs> and TikTok. No, I'm just kidding. He's he's actually puts together some fantastic short videos uh, on political. So we can talk about political ads too. Um, I met him uh, through uh, podcasting and the crypto space. So uh, we have that connection there. And he actually runs uh, Florida Blockchain Council. He's a lobbyist. Uh, he's a superhero. Uh, for any of those watching, uh, I was eating pizza. He's eating like, uh, you know, uh, what are the, the, the eggs, the egg yolk, just the, that's the, right. just the yeah. egg yolks. That's right. Yeah. 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 I mean, whatever. Like I'm telling you, um, he, he's awesome. He's going places. Um, and he's gotten a couple bills passed, um, uh, in the, in the Florida Senate or state, state, state Republican house, Senate, whatever. You can talk a little bit about that, but you didn't even tell me about that. Last time I talked, I had to hear that from other people. So he's very modest. Um, he's got a fantastic background. I'm going to put all his uh, information in the show notes so you can uh, go check that out, but this is going to be an exciting podcast. I know I'm going to learn some stuff. So, uh, Sam, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, everything you said, uh, it's interesting because a lot of people, when I talk to them about lobbying, they're like, well, what does a lobbyist do? And I just tell them, okay, well, you hire a marketing firm for your business. A lobbyist is just a marketer to government. 
lobbyist is telling you, and it doesn't have to be a lobbyist. You can be a government affairs consultant, like lobbying is kind of a, a dirty word, right? But a lot of what we do is managing relationships with government officials, because to be honest, a lot of people don't think about this. You just don't have time. If you're a CEO managing a company, you can't be talking to a politician every day about what the priorities are. You can't be explaining to them, oh, this bill you're going to pass is actually affecting my business. And you can't be dictating, well, what's the best bet to take on a political race or a political campaign? So you hire a marketer, a consultant, a lobbyist to do all that for you for the same marketing goals you want to get from A to B. You want to sell a product. Maybe it's you don't want to be regulated. Maybe it's you want to get a government contract. Maybe you just want the relationships. That's the whole industry and what it's about. So, so a lot of our listeners um, are marketers at heart, if not in marketing uh, or consultants, and they've probably never heard the term uh, B2G, and they've never really looked at companies that are marketing into government. Also, I would say political advertising uh, is big business, um, but I would also say that um, understanding how to even qualify for government contracts. Like you have to have grant writers there, there, there's a lot of hurdles to getting involved, uh, in government marketing. Right. And yeah. a lot about actually using digital marketing, in my opinion, what I've seen is to do fundraising, right? So you're sending direct mail, you're sending flyers, you're doing chat bots, um, you're running ads and, and you're running really high volume campaigns. And so, um, I mean, if you look at the last political cycle, how much money they had, like there's a, a documentary on, uh, what is it called? Analytica something. And basically they had Facebook and Google, like in their political offices, help them push yeah. campaigns and try to hit the people that are, are on the fence, right? There's, there's right, there's left. They're going to, they're going to vote that way no matter what. And you're really trying to hit those people in the center. So can we talk about your experience with, I guess, digital marketing as it relates to maybe fundraising, political advertising, or even influence, right? Like putting out the right pieces of content on the right platform so people see it. There's a lot of uh, inner loop uh, news sites that you kind of seed articles into to, to get the conversation to go one way or another. Um, maybe we could talk about s some of that stuff, huh? Yeah, I try to encourage people to view politicians as products. And every politician is an individual product. And it's a product that you're trying to sell and that you're trying to bet on. Now, of course, that product needs to relate to whatever your mission is, right? Okay, so obviously, there's a million different ways you could take this because there, there's such a diversity of businesses, uh, uh, different countries, states, localities, like from running a city council election to running a congressional election. All of them can benefit in a form of uh, political consulting and digital marketing, but you have to know what your purpose is. So really easy example, I wanna do a fundraiser for the governor of my state of Florida, right? Why do I wanna do that? Well, I have multiple bills in the pipeline that I wanna push through my political session. So what does that mean I need to do? I need to convince all the companies that I'm working with that, hey, if you want the governor to sign our legislation, we need to fundraise for him to show him that we support him to get in the same room as him to make him aware of what we're doing. So that's the personal touch. But where the digital side comes in is you start advertising. Well, look at what we've done. Look at how much money we bring to the Florida economy. 
What about certain sectors? So if I'm a if I'm running a congressional campaign, and for example, I have a Bitcoin mining company that employs 40 people in his district, how you you create an article what Bitcoin mining does for the district district 63 in Florida, and how certain candidate is supporting that if you're backing them. Right. It's all about marrying relationships and giving candidates stake in your business because that translates into talking points for them. It translates into votes and it translates into money. Right. So when you view them as a product to get what you want, which this product in particular might be just getting some legislation passed. Now, if you're looking for a government contract, it's very similar. And it sounds kind of dirty because it sounds like it's pay to play. In a lot of ways, it is, but it's pay to play by. What do politicians respond to? They respond to media, money, and votes, right? And if you're lacking one of those, you can compensate with the other two. Or you can even just focus on one, right? If you're a media powerhouse and you think of some of the largest podcasters, you think of some of the largest media networks, you don't need to donate to a political campaign, but you come and have them on your show and give them the free press. Right. And that's how you get them in your inner circle and you help them craft a message. Even though you're helping the politician craft a message, the politician's still your product because at the end of the day, you want to use that politician for something. So you can see very quickly how this becomes a very nuanced conversation and how it really combines the digital with the physical. And to get what you want, which could be a million different things from the government and the political world. You have to really be specific in what your goal and your focal point is. Man, I, I think that that brings it back to, to really the target persona and like what is the call to action and getting really, really clear on that. Because I can tell you if you're in the room with a politician or when I was a farmer rep in a future life or past life, I guess, um, is uh, I had two minutes, right? I got in front of yeah. the doctor. I had two minutes to get my point across. And there's a thousand other things going on. He's got more patients, whatever. And I'm trying to get my message across and, and project that, uh, you know, for, for the, for the company I was working for that company or the brand or the product I was representing. And then not only that, I was trying to, uh, provide placement in the office, try to provide reminder, try to stay on his radar to have him think of this product next time he was in the room. And so, uh, this is a lot of the same way. I mean, really marketing is a lot about a widget. So you're, you're talking about personal branding, brand building, uh, brand awareness, like thought leadership, uh, you know, staying top of mind as a way to influence that politician to understand what those needs are. And, and there's a lot of ways that you can actually use digital to do that. I mean, we're yeah. more connected than we've ever been. Uh, I mean, we thought, I, I thought, right. And that's what I was told that productivity would go up, right? Or, or the same amount of productivity, if we had that would go up um, and we would have a better quality of life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, what the interconnectors mean is allow the productivity to be accelerated. So I think in the United States, the workaholics, the, uh, you know, the, the connectivity, you're able to be so much more uh, productive, um, which is good and bad, but also, you're able to connect with so many more people. I mean, you can reach out to somebody and connect with somebody on Twitter with like everyone is in your, is, is in your phone book, right. Or whatever. Right. Like yeah. now if they're going to respond to you, um, if they're going to engage with you, how do you craft that? What is that go to market strategy? 
how to communicate that. Now there's a hundred thousand ways and there's a hundred thousand people. So you got to get laser focused. So with the connectivity becomes greater issues, right? And so, I mean, let me ask you, Sam, like how, how are you staying on someone's radar after you get your point out there, right? Like you, you've shared that with them, but they're getting barraged by a hundred thousand things. There's other people, other influences, other vectors happening. Um, what, what's that strategy to, to continue to stay in front of them for a lot of business owners? It's like pens and pads. Like that's the old school way of staying in front of people. And that's moved into digital. How, how does that apply through the lens of political advertising? The first part is of course, being the expert in your field. And once you establish that you're the expert in your field, then they come to you. Uh, And that's very easy and simple to do. Uh, well, simple, once you establish you're an expert, that's obviously very hard. But once you can establish that, the follow-up becomes easier. And then, of course, with politicians, you have to follow up and you have to see them in person. So the term lobbyist actually comes from people who would literally sit in the lobbies of Congress waiting for Congress to adjourn so they, they could go and talk to them. I could try to schedule a meeting with a politician for a month and cancellation after cancellation just to get a 15-minute meeting, or I can go to my capital. I run into them the hallway. I grab them. We speak for five to 10 minutes. Boom, I've got them done, right? So a lot of it's power of location. And that's that's where it becomes hard in our ever-connected marketing, digital marketing world is because politicians in some ways are immune, depending on your approach, to digital marketing because you have to be there in person. You just have to. It's the only way you're going to get a hold of them because they have so many people eyeing for their time. But where it really becomes useful for digital marketing is when you're really using social media platforms to convey a certain message. So I'll take you through an example of what I would do for negative marketing on a politician. But obviously, mm, mm. and I'm going to use it, it's going to sound partisan because I'm going to attack Elizabeth Warren, for example. But this is just going to be an ex- an example. And you can use this for any politician for any scenario. And I'm going to relate it to crypto. But you need to really think about, like, this could be in any industry. Okay, so Elizabeth Warren does not like or says she doesn't like the cryptocurrency industry. Elizabeth Warren's a senator in Massachusetts. So as a digital marketer, what would I do? Well, what does Elizabeth Warren care about? She cares about public appearance. She cares about what her voters think. She cares about, you know, how does Massachusetts view me? She doesn't care if Sam from Florida doesn't like her. I can't vote for her, right? So my opinion means nothing. So if my mission is to either unseat Elizabeth Warren, or at least make her change her tune, I start creating a digital campaign. And that digital campaign might look like I need to start polling how many jobs in Massachusetts are crypto and blockchain related. I need to start polling what do people think of Bitcoin and blockchain technology. Let's assume that there are, because you have MIT, like Massachusetts has a lot of tech still. Let's assume, just numbers I'm making up, 100,000 people are loosely or directly related to the crypto industry in the state of Massachusetts. Okay. I create a digital marketing campaign with targeted ads on Facebook, on Twitter, on any social media platform, on Instagram saying, so Elizabeth Warren is trying to kill 100,000 jobs in the state of Massachusetts. Here's what that's going to do to you. And then you can do any political strategy, whether that's a commercial, whether it's simple talking points, you talk to local radio stations, all saying you're going to hurt people here locally. Because once again, your product might be, so one, your product is protecting yourself because you don't want any negative legislation. But then once again, Elizabeth Warren is your product, but she's your competitor's product that you're trying to drag down or at least get to change, right? So that's where digital marketing really becomes important because 
if you can't get to her personally to get her to change her tune, you use the appeal to the masses. And that's where, as we all know, digital marketing is incredibly useful for. And if you've used any kind of targeted ads before for a basic product, you can do that for politics very easily. Because once well, you, have again, to, you have to you have to qualify for it, okay? So you can't just run political ads correct. on any platform, right? Correct. There's about three like percent of even Facebook accounts that could run political ads. Correct. So Facebook, you have to go through identity verification. You have to like they're very since the Cambridge Analytical scandal, a lot of these people are very strict with what you can do, uh, and whether that's good or bad, it's not too hard to qualify, especially if you know you're going to get in the game early enough. Like if you want to get into it for 2024, you should start last month, but now's an even better time to start because you still have some runway. But you have to, once again, it's all about know your market and know your goal. Uh, what is my goal in this specific instance? I either want to figure out a way to get Elizabeth Warren to change her tune because if every person in Massachusetts is thinking, oh man, I didn't know I had so many jobs. A lot of these people actually, they just don't know. Elizabeth Warren herself might not know. Oh, wow, there's 100,000 jobs that bring in $2.5 billion worth of revenue to my state. Made up those numbers. Uh, but you have to start sharing that information so that people are going, oh, well, now that I know that, that why are we against this again? Right? But you have to start with that localized, politically focused approach. But if you think of any product, like that's what we all do, isn't it? Like you want to find your, if my product's mom's, Right. I find a way to target moms on any political platform or on any social media platform. Right. Same if you're at the age range of what, 24 to 31. So it's no different, except now you're looking at political locales as opposed to. You want to uh, hear something really interesting, Sam? I ran a campaign actually targeting uh, moms of like 10 year olds uh, for the Boy Scouts of America. OK. And uh, I learned quite a bit. Uh, last two years, I've been running this campaign for. Uh, the Boy Scouts, and and essentially that's who we're targeting. The decision maker, we're we're charging the, the both of the parents, but um, the mom. What we've seen makes a lot of those decisions. Uh, I found a lot of interesting data, at least in the you know southern Texas uh, region. They like to play games on their phones. <laughs> they're they're playing like Sudoku and all these yeah. sort of games, and so running these ads. Uh, um, like typically when you run ads, sometimes you, you used to be able to on Google, just say, Hey, no apps. Right. But I've, I've really seen the power of uh, showing the right ad in these apps. And especially if you're trying to tell a story and you're trying to kind of move people in a direction, uh, digital, digital helps, helps influence, right. Uh, it helps get conversations going. I think even to articles, right. If you want people to organically find something, you can run ads uh, to a particular blog that you want people to read. Like you got to get really laser focused on the positioning and, and, and where you, where you want your branding. But I can think of all kinds of applications where I guess lobbyists could use, uh, digital marketing even more effectively. And not to say that, that, that a lot of them are not already doing this. Cause I know it's a huge business. I, I just haven't had so much experience with it. I, I had so I have so little experience with lobbyists, Sam, even though I interned in DC and I worked at the embassy in China, but, um, uh, when I was in college, uh, I didn't know that lobbyists meant that I thought lobbyists meant that you were like lobbying, lobbying something, Adam, like you're, you're trying to, you're trying to get somebody yeah. to, 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 to do something. You're trying to lobby it like lob, like, uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, Really, really interesting. I mean, what what are some things that I guess if we have people out there that may be involved or interested to get involved 
in politics and they have a, a, a foot for sure in digital marketing in um, paid ads or something like that, where's resources they could go or something they could do that might um, help them explore this more? The easiest thing to do is to find a political issue that you're passionate about or get involved in your locality directly. That's going to be the easiest thing to do. And why do I say that? Because you're going to have the most ambition, the most drive to pursue something. You're going to be able to see how it works. Once you apply that lesson to something you're passionate about, then you can take it anywhere. So if you have a certain congressional candidate that you really like or really hate, you know, you help the guy you really like or you help his competitor if you really hate him, and you see how you can play into that digital marketing world. If there's a issue that you really don't like, right, or an issue that you're really passionate about, see how you can just advertise for that in the next election cycle, right? There's all kinds of organizations and there's tons of ad spend and ad money dedicated to especially these hot button issues that you can think about every day, healthcare, immigration, abortion, wherever you fall in that line, if you want to kind of get your feet wet, all those issues have a local impact, even at your city level. Uh, on the county side, like you can just kind of experiment with a candidate because there's so little money. I mean, certain depending on your county, there's so relatively little money that goes into the county and city side if they get someone who's good at marketing, uh, it can be a game changer. And then you can really experiment and see, okay, well, what are the needs of this locality? So you can kind of hone in. So it's not as hard as you think. A lot of, a lot of it is find something you're passionate about politically or uh, get involved with a local campaign. Because that's just what's incredibly easy, especially if you're a constituent and you can say, hey, I live in your district. I want to get to know you, which by the way, you can. A lot of people think, that they can't talk to their politicians, which is something I run into a lot. I go, hey, you live in his district. Can you email him for me since you're a constituent? And they're like, I can do that? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like you own that guy. He represents you. They have to take a meeting. So you can get meetings even just to introduce yourself. You get a 15-minute meeting with a politician just to waste his time if you want to. But if you're a constituent, they have to take that meeting. You got to build the relationships, find what you're passionate about. And from there, it'll organically happen. If you're into marketing, they have such a huge need for that. And you're going to see all the holes that need to be filled. The biggest issue is going to be how much money does the campaign have? How much are you willing to do for free? But if you want to test the waters and see what it's like, the opportunity is there. Yeah. And and Sam, I, I think that's really, really interesting stuff. And I think that there's probably a lot of people that are passionate about a lot of things um, and just didn't know how to get involved. So, so I think... Um, exploring this more is, is certainly a great topic. I know that a lot of digital markers as well have a very strong interest in crypto, at least uh, I do, uh, and have been involved with it for a long time. Funny enough, I bought my first Bitcoin when I had a contractor in Venezuela and they, you know, Venezuela didn't accept, well, US dollars, you couldn't even send US dollars, you weren't supposed to. Um, and so, so I was buying Bitcoin a long time ago and then uh, got involved at South by Southwest uh, when the Winklevoss twins launched Gemini, they gave me, um, what was it, like 0 0.02 Bitcoin or something like that. It was worth like, like 20 bucks at the time, yeah, yeah. um, you know, and, and, uh, it was, it was just really fascinating, like internet money and, and, and certainly that, that, uh, enthusiasm has grown. And I know that there's a lot of other digital marketers and vendors, uh, in the space that accept crypto and Bitcoin, um, be interesting to hear just quickly your opinion on it. And also what are you trying to do? Um, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast, even globally. Um, 
and uh, all across the United States of things that maybe you're doing uh, that you might want to connect with. And and then you, again, we'll have uh, Sam's information in, in the show notes to be able to contact you. If you want a really fun life, uh, marketing to government about new tech is very fun and it's a huge pain in the ass. It's very hard, right? Because you're dealing with something that these people don't understand that is going to be used for either good or ill. And like any new tech cycle, stuff's going to blow up. So, you know, in crypto, we had FTX blow up. We had Celsius blow up. All that is still kind of ongoing, still looking bad. We currently have Congress 0.01% or something of crypto transactions or like $100, $100 very small amount of money was sent to Hamas during the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. So now they're linking Bitcoin with terrorism. So you have to figure out how to market that those are either fringe topics, that that is not what the industry represents, that there's still good things out there, right? And market the benefits of it while dealing with the negativity. We're going to see that well, with AI, right? Uh, with everything that's going on with Sam Altman and the board yeah, replacement. Oh yeah. There's AI regulation coming down the line. We we haven't seen – this is where digital marketing gets interesting is because there are people who purposefully don't digital market because in government you don't always want attention, right? Like we don't mm. necessarily want attention driven to a certain issue because actually if no one knows, it can work in my favor, right? So sometimes digital marketers – are the enemy and you would almost call those reporters, right? Those people who are actually doing the deep diving saying, Hey, I found this line in this bill. And then they try to promote that. Like that's a form of digital marketing, right? Um, in some, PR, in yeah, some yeah. sense of the word. Uh -huh. Yeah, exactly. So uh, anytime you're doing digital marketing for new tech, you need to focus on, well, what are the benefits that touch close to home for your average person and how it can fight bad narratives, right? Because your product's being attacked. If you're in crypto, when I was in Tallahassee during the FTX debacle, we did a decent enough job of telling people and they understood that FTX was a scam and that it had nothing to do with crypto at large. Luckily, for this specific example, uh, Florida's majority Republican and FTX gave most of their money to Democrats. So we were able to kind of say, OK, well, you know, that's a Democratic problem. You know, Republicans weren't really a part of that and kind of flip that switch. Right now, if I was in California, which is majority Democrat, there's a different story, right? And you have to cater your message to whatever you know politician, political group you're talking to. Um, but the key is to understand what government is seeing and how to counteract that. And where digital marketing comes into play is a lot of people lost a lot of money with FTX, and that's oh, yeah. what the government officials were seeing. And they said, "Okay, people are going to hate me, even though this wasn't true. People are going to hate me if I do anything crypto because there's a hit piece." For me, that's going to say ex-politician promotes crypto bill after FTX stole your money, you know? Oh, I, I think that everything that went down this last cycle set set the industry back. I, I had some clients that we even did a, a, a deal with a football uh, franchise here in Houston, uh, the Texans, and and they've kind of walked it back from what, what I've seen. Like everybody's kind of, you know, now that they don't, they don't want to touch crypto. Um, so, you know, a scam's a scam. It doesn't matter. Right. Um, Correct. and, and, and I think that there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of hot money, uh, that, that moved into crypto. Um, and, and I think that there's a lot of scam artists, but I think there's a lot of scam artists everywhere. And if you have something that people don't understand, you're going to have scammers. And, and I think a lot of the stuff that's coming out is just really 
education. I think more education is, is, is a bigger part of this whole thing. Um, I want to pivot the conversation a little bit. Uh, you kind of opened the door in my head to, to something super interesting. And this is something that I heard. This is a personal opinion that, that I thought, and, and I look at everything through the eyes as a marketer. I mean, I went to school for marketing. I love marketing. I look at everything from a marketing standpoint. It's, It's difficult for me not to. Um, so I'll give you, I'll give you a, a quick story. So Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin comes out, it's the first, then, you know, you got Bitcoin cash and you had those all wars and you, you got, you got, a, you got a really interesting story in crypto, yeah. but the thing that I saw just, okay, take away a lot of the opinions of stuff. I'm just talking about a specific piece of this. So almost in a vacuum, um, I saw the Bitcoin cash thing. Okay as a lack of marketing brand positioning to tell that story you could in my opinion say anybody that's branched off of bitcoin bitcoin's the father right but there's legitimacy in the children or the bloodline or whatever you want to call it sure and that we have a different uh you know, mechanism of action of, or, 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 or use case that we're solving for here. Right. Cause B- Bitcoin as great as it is, can't solve for everything. It solves for one thing really, really well. And so when I saw Bitcoin cash come out and I've seen a lot of, of the others come out, I look at what they're doing and I look at their positioning statement. I'm, I look at the story that they're telling. I look at the content they're putting out and I'm going, guys, like, like, you could really grab this this narrative and play it to your advantage, right? And, and yeah. I actually see that with a lot of these um, crypto companies. So from a crypto marketing standpoint, and, and I've been to a lot of the conferences, I've talked to a lot of people, they've hired a lot of people that are in a DAO or um, you know, just associated with it. They're just, they haven't really gone into the agency side of thing. They don't really have a digital strategy. They don't really understand SEO, search search marketing, um, they're not running on a lot of campaigns. Interestingly enough, like Pinterest did really well for um, so, some crypto companies. Uh, as I was talking to one of the Pinterest reps, like it, it's so nascent, uh, so such a cottage industry now. I think that there's a huge amount of uh, opportunity to grow and to come into the mainstream, but they're afraid to get outside that box. Um, I think also even when you're lobbying to change something in like engineering, because I do a lot of oil and gas stuff, if something's worked for so long, like, and there's data to support it, changing anything could, could kill people. It could damage stuff. It could do a lot. Yeah. But I think even in crypto, um, you know, that's not the case. That's oil and gas case in the crypto case. They're just really outsiders. Like they're really uncomfortable about outsiders. Um, there's some very purist of what they're trying to achieve. Um, you know, tell me a little bit about what maybe you've seen. Cause because you you did do a lot of stuff with crypto, um, and, and you've kind of merged that with with TikTok, and now you've you've kind of you do shorts on political stuff now. Um, but I want to just hear what you've seen, and I know you, you you have your hands in a couple different things as well in that arena. It depends on the crypto, but we'll talk about Bitcoin. Bitcoin, sure, you have to that? understand that the the culture and community, the people who invented it. And the ethos is anarchists, libertarians who hate government. I deal with that even to this day. 
where what is my product? My product is to advertise to government on behalf of the Web3 Bitcoin industry. But some of those industry members will never support me because they don't believe in government. They don't believe I should be talking to government. They don't think they need government, even though they still pay taxes, right? Like they, they do not necessarily like the mission. And so obviously that creates an issue at the political level. The hardest part is Bitcoin doesn't have a marketing team. Bitcoin's a decentralized product. Bitcoin's message is whoever's the most popular. Whoever's the most popular is random people on Twitter with large followings who might yep. be saying whatever the hell they want. And that's what congressional members will see. There are instances, I guarantee you, where there are popular political figures on, well, I shouldn't say political. There are popular crypto influencers on Twitter who will post stuff. And when you're in meetings with certain politicians, they go, who the hell is this guy? Is this what y'all believe? And that's kind of the negative as there's no inherent message to stick to with Bitcoin, right? Now, of course, that's it's a decentralized product. That's the point. There's no central point of failure. So you don't get a marketing team. There is no marketing budget, but, right? But there are some nonprofits, right? There's some nonprofits that are helping yes, but to even try those, to craft that message. Yeah. Correct. But even those nonprofits don't necessarily always do it correctly. And the people funding those nonprofits. So, for example, there was bukus of money spent, spent on Super Bowl ads, celebrities, races sure. by crypto. That's great. What they should have done is what I yeah. discussed with Elizabeth Warren. We need a we need a poll. We need research of how many jobs this creates in every state. We need to start building data on how influential and impactful we need. So when Bitcoin mining was being considered dirty, right? And Bitcoin still, crypto in general has this tech bro culture. You think Silicon Valley, rich young guys who are kind of jerks. Like you think of Sam Bankman-Fried, you think of Mark Zuckerberg, like that's the type of, oh, you're crypto bro. You need ad campaigns that some farmer coming home from work, right? And he owns a Bitcoin farm and he's a blue collar guy who's just like you and me with four kids who owns a small mining operation. And that's who you're fighting, right? You're not fighting tech bros in Silicon Valley. You're not fighting these cool guys who are spending money on strippers in Miami. You're targeting your average American, but none of that was done. It was all done to make crypto seem cool, flashy, which when politicians go to regulate, they don't think they're killing anything, but a cool tech bros Lamborghini. Right. As opposed to, oh, wow. Like if you look at a commercial for a grocery store, that's the kind of commercials that crypto needs. Right. To be mm. relatable to mm. Americans. But we don't have that. We spend all of our money, even on the political end, we spend a lot of money on looking cool. And that, oh, that is one of the yeah, biggest yeah. reasons that hurt us, because we were so obsessed with appealing to an audience we already had. You already have yeah. the cool audience. You should have been spending money on. Wow, what can resonate with a mom who has no idea what this stuff is, even well, is? Well, you know, the Lambo win. <laughs> like, I mean, that, like, yeah, you already had that and, and it got amplified. I mean, the things that I've seen are what crypto is doing cross border. Okay. And, and the, the, the true value, not, not the true value, but one of the use cases, I got to be clear, like guys that are listening, please, uh, no trolling. I'm doing the best I can. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not a expert as I would like to be. And if I say anything, it, it, not exactly 
accurate. Um, please forgive me, but, um, I've seen some like, what is it? Celio or something like that. Like there, there's some cryptos that are not just Bitcoin. Right. And I know I got the, there's the, you know, follow the signal. Right. But, um, but I think that there's really some projects out there that have a huge impact that are, are, are accomplishing some things. And I, I, I even think as you get into, well, even the, you know, the credit card system, um, there's a lot of overhaul that needs to happen for our, our financial system to operate efficiently, um, in in a lot of areas. And I think that there's a lot of use cases for, for a lot of this stuff. And so I don't know, my, my, my opinion is to look at everything open-mindedly, um, and, uh, educate yourself on, on what, what these different projects are doing don't look at it as a a get rich quick thing. And that's what Bitcoin was for a long time. Um, Mm -hmm. and and I think it's, it's really matured. Um, you know, I think there's still some inherent risks involved, so I wouldn't go, go head first into it. Um, and there, there's a lot of big things happening, but I think it's something that everybody needs to be aware of. I think that uh, blockchain technology, just like QR codes are going to start showing up everywhere. Um, I've started to see, um, you know, I, I think it's technology that people don't are not as familiar with and, and they should really familiarize, familiarize themselves with, um, I don't know, going back to, um, marketing, if you were a, a blockchain, right. To government, how, how would that approach look? I'm just curious. Once again, it, it depends, but let me use this for an example. Let's say I'm a blockchain company in California. And California is very blue, mostly run by Democrats, completely run by Democrats, and has a large immigration population, right? And immigration is, uh, I want to call it an issue, but it's a fact of life in California. If you want to get Democrats on their side who are pro-immigration, you create an ad campaign talking about how your technology is actually helping immigrants, right? You interview five immigrants who just came over to California. Oh my goodness, I lost all my money in Mexico. I lost all my money in Bolivia, in Argentina. I had to flee. Thank goodness I was able to get it out of the bank into Bitcoin. And now I'm able to have a new life here in California, right? You cater your ad to who's in power. If you're in a deep red state, you obviously do it differently. What do red states cover? If you want to cover industry, if you want to cover healthcare, if you want to cover social issues, if you're in a red state, you interview a pastor whose churches may be accepting Bitcoin, right? Mm. Man, my congregation was dying. Uh, We were actually looking for funding and we actually started accepting Bitcoin and we had donors from across the world actually support our message, right? And Bitcoin has given me a new chance to promote the gospel in my Bible Belt state, right? And that resonates, So you have to, government is all about knowing who's in power and who you're talking to. At a state level, it's a little bit easier, especially if you're in a solid blue or solid red state. But if you want to get what you want in that state, for example, that's what you do. Congressional is obviously a little tougher, but those two examples I just gave you, you could make both of those for your chain. And so if the Senate's red, the House is blue, the president's blue, you know, or you just mix up that factor, you get both sides supporting the mission of what you're doing. And you tug on the heartstrings of both of those big political issues. And you're saying, you know, my technology is here to help anybody who needs help. Right. I try to stay out of this is what they would say. I try to stay out of the political sway. But here are some examples of 
a guy in a deep red area and a lady in a deep blue area and how what I've created has helped make their life better, right? That's the ad campaign that you need to see. And it's just like any product, right? Except now you need to really know the makeup of your market and that is government. Awesome. Sam, some really interesting stuff there. We're about at time. Uh, need to start wrapping up. Um, how do people get in touch with you? Just tell us a little bit about what you're looking for, what kind of people you want to contact you. So if someone knows somebody else, they can put them in touch with you. Um, you know, how, how to get in touch with you best, that sort of thing. Easiest way is through Twitter. I definitely respond to my Twitter DMs as best as I can. You can find me on any of my socials, right? So you can reach out on uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. I also have a sub stack. So I really try to, anyone who comments on that stuff or wants to reply, I definitely try to reach back out. And of course, you can follow what I do. Uh, if you're interested in what we're doing here in Florida, feel free to hit me up. And then, of course, I do stuff all over the country and internationally uh, when it comes to political strategic consulting. So uh, I always try to make sure that I make myself available to people who are passionate about these issues. Awesome. Well, everyone, as you can see, digital marketing, Internet, Google, one of the most powerful tools on the planet, the access that you have to reach everybody. Um, so um, make a difference, not a sale.